Almighty Creator, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. As I mentioned just a moment ago, the scripture today comes to us in pieces. The overall story that is being told in this part of Mark is the feeding of the 5,000. And although it's a very important moment in Jesus' ministry and an important story in our faithful lives through Christ, the focus on today's portion is the self-care of the disciples. Just prior to the scripture today, we know that Jesus had been in Nazareth and faced some of his biggest critics, his own hometown. He then sent out his disciples to preach the good news to the people. It is as they are returning to Jesus after this that the scripture for today picks up. They were exhausted. In true Mark form, we do not know precisely the time frame that they had been gone. It could have been a few days or weeks or even months. Mark goes from one story to the other with not much transition. As a matter of fact, in this fairly short chapter of Mark, a lot happens. The chapter is only 56 verses long, and in those 56 verses, Jesus is rejected in Nazareth. He sends out his disciples. Herod believes that somehow Jesus was the resurrected John the Baptist or possibly even Elijah himself. And the story of the beheading of John the Baptist is told. Jesus feeds the 5,000, walks on water, and continues his work healing the sick and preaching the word of God. 56 verses. All of that. That's a lot of information in a short span. Mark does not get, in, does not get bogged down in the details of time frame or even possibly chronology. The important thing for the writer of this gospel was to get the stories of Jesus and the disciples down before they were lost to history. Regardless of Mark's description of how long the disciples had been gone, though, the point is that they were tired. They had done their very best to bring the word of God to the people of Galilee. They had done all that Jesus had asked of them, and they had returned to him. Jesus, knowing perfectly well how tired they were, knew it was time for rest. He sent them across the sea to a deserted area so they could find some solitude. The disciples had been so busy in their work that they were not looking out for themselves. They were not tending to the needs of their own souls while on a mission to save as many people as possible. They were engulfed in the human struggle of following the spirit of the world or the spirit of God. Jesus saw this and told them to retreat, rest, and regroup. If any of you have truly spent time alone in a deserted place, you understand, perhaps, why Jesus sent them to such a location. When you're in a deserted place with no distractions, you can get down to business of connecting your soul and con connecting with your soul and connecting with God. Perhaps even in a retreat type situation, much like the one the disciples were on, they were able to connect with one another and draw strength to continue through each other. When we are in a deserted place, there is only our own heart with us. This particular vision reminds me of a scene from Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, when Yoda is teaching Luke the ways of the Jedi at Dagobah, 
Luke is faced with a challenge and asks Yoda, what's in there? As he asks, as he's looking into a cave, Yoda responds, only what you take with you. When we retreat into a deserted place, we take only with us what we carry in our hearts. Whether it is exhaustion, fear, or anger, and it is in that deserted place that we can learn to quiet our minds and our hearts and hear what God has for us. Jesus was known for retreating to such a place. One of the best places I have found is in the car. Sitting in the garage, car not running of course. It is quiet, the sound is muffled, even the sound of my own breathing. It is just me in a void of space, just me and my heartbeat, my thoughts. It is silent and still, the perfect environment for opening up to listen for the voice of God. There are a few moments of, and then there are a few moments of solace before I have to move on to the next phase of my day. What happened, though, when Jesus and his disciples loaded into the boat is something that often happens when we're trying to gain some time for ourselves. They were recognized, and the people, seeing where they were headed across the sea, went around and met them on the other side. As Mark describes them, they were like sheep in need of a shepherd, and as we know, the ultimate shepherd was on the boat. The rest that Jesus had prescribed, the rest that the disciples so desperately needed, would have to wait as Jesus addressed the crowd. The work continued for him and his disciples until the multitudes were fed. Those that find themselves to be nurturers find it hard to put up boundaries. Just one more. I'll do one more thing, and then I'll sit down. I'll do one more load of laundry. I'll make one more trip to the store. I'll take Dad to one more appointment. I'll make one more visit. I'll sit on one more committee. We want so much for everyone else to be well that we forget that we, too, need to be well. We forget that we must watch out for our own well-being and our own, or our own health will start to fall through the cracks. We lose track of ourselves. We lose track of who God would have us be. And when we lose track of that, we're not much good to ourselves or anyone else. Jesus knows that we tend to do that to ourselves. He knew that his disciples did the same thing. He also had to remember to go out by himself to recuperate. A day of rest, the Sabbath, a sabbatical, a vacation, all of these things are meant to take time with God, to take time with ourselves to recenter and recharge for the work ahead of us. Jesus, seeing that his disciples were exhausted, said to them, Go out and find rest. Through our faith in Jesus Christ, we can allow ourselves to slow down. We can allow ourselves to understand and to know that Jesus is not going to let us fall through the cracks. Whatever has us running around is not going to fall apart if we take out the time for ourselves. Jesus wants nothing but the best for all of us, and that means making sure that we are the best versions of ourselves that we can be. And that means taking time for ourselves, 
It's kind of a hard lesson to learn, but through our faith in Jesus Christ, in this instance, it's okay to have a degree of selfishness. Although the pericope of today glossed over the feeding of the 5,000 and Jesus walking on water, it makes an important point in the last few verses. The disciples were tired. The disciples needed their rest. They took their time to recover, and they got back to work. They did not stop. They did not let the words of others keep them from sharing the words of Jesus Christ. They did not let the harsh reality of life on the road keep them from sharing the grace and mercy of God. They picked themselves up, tightened their tunics, and and got back on the road, and they asked, what's next? The work they were about was important, and they knew it. They had faith in Jesus. They had faith that Jesus had set them on a path that they must complete. They did not stay down. They kept going. It's so easy to let the worries of life bog us down. It's so easy to feel that there is little reason to keep going, to keep getting up and facing the day. But through our faith in Christ, we know that we can ask for the help we need. We can take the rest that our bodies and our souls require. We can be sure that, with, that through rest and seeking care for ourselves, we can once again set out on the path as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen.